Hello, James Lohman from the ACS. Thank you so much for joining me for the inaugural Convenience Talks vlog. Welcome. Um, the majority of people out there will know exactly who you are, um, but for those who possibly don't, could you just do a brief introduction to yourself in the ACS space? Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me. It's, it's good, good to be on. Um, so I'm uh, yeah, James Lohman, I'm Chief Executive of the Association of Convenience Stores. We're a trade association. There are 46,000 convenience stores in the UK, and we represent them to government on a whole range of issues that affect um, them. I'm trying to think back to what life was before, like beforehand, and the stuff we used to do beforehand. But um, so you know, loads of loads of issues around you know environmental legislation, employment law, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, that's what we do. We run loads of events, um, loads of communication platforms, and all the rest of it. And I've been at ACS forever. I've been at ACS for uh, 23 years now. So. Um, trying to do all those things, talking to government well, you, in particular. You started when you were seven. Exactly. Child labour. <laughs> I was furloughed okay. from something else. Furloughed my paper round and took it taken away as yes. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you so much for your time, James. The whole point of, of uh, convenience talks is that we're going to speak to a different industry leader every single day. We're going to do three questions, 10 minutes, short and sharp. And we just want to get a feel for what's going on in your business and what you're seeing going on out there. So I want to start by saying, what's the current state of the ACS? I mean, what were the immediate effects of the coronavirus? What was the immediate impact on the ACS, what you were doing? Yeah, I think it, it. what's really interesting was I mean, it's, you've got that sort of usual run of work. So, you know, right up to, I think, sort of the 13th, 12th, 13th of March was probably the time. And obviously, there's not one moment, but that's probably when it really flipped from being into something that was happening. And there were a growing number of conversations about into then just being like all consuming dominant thing that no one was talking about anything else. And so, you know, right until that point, we we're having lots of you know, meetings, discussions on things like instruction deposit return scheme is really big. It's about the impact of the living uh, living wage increase, which is taking mm -hmm. place today, first of April. Okay. So, you know, we we're talking about much of those things. We were planning for our summit, um, our conference, which would have been yesterday, 31st of March, and loads of other events and things around that and different um, different sort of stuff. So, you know, it was a really really busy time. We already had a very busy start to the year, and then what's we've really found is it's just flipped into being, I'd say this week, 95% of our work is still focused on coronavirus. I think last week, week before, it was 100%. You know, just slightly, it's like we sometimes have some conversations about the slightly longer term and about other issues and so on. But yeah, basically it's flipped into, and that really what that meant in practice was, what do members need from us now in terms of resources and support that they can use practically day to day? And also trying to find out as much of what our members are experiencing, because then we were on calls, and still are on calls with DEFRA and other government departments kind of every day. I mean, well, multiple times a day. So trying to get as much information from what's going on, what they need. And what was quite interesting, I mean, it's quite good in a way. I mean, it's hard to say anything's good around this, but the, all the conversations in government flip to be incredibly immediate. And normally with the government, you go onto these consultation processes, which take, you know, month, literally designed to take months and pan out over years sometimes where you're trying to devise policy and it just went to being there's an immediate problem there's a conversation and then something got you know dealt with in government and it was sold overnight or it wasn't sold but you know there, there were it, everything went to this very very immediate time scale so a very different way of working um you know immediately and that was probably that that first you know phase all the all the um stockpiling and everything else going on and i think we're now We've now moved into another phase and we'll probably move into several more, some of which I might be able to speculate on, some of which I've got no idea. 
Thank you very much. So as so, the, you know, the ACS obviously at the forefront of this, I think what's fantastic is that the British public are suddenly suddenly realising out of nowhere that convenience stores are the lifeblood of our community, you know, and that alongside pubs, that is the heart of every community and that these are the people that are going to help get us through these these challenging times. And obviously those stores have had to adapt in order to, to fulfil the need of, of the community. How has the ACS adapted um, in order because of the current situation and, and those adaptations that you've made, how are they affecting your business, you know, the ACS as a whole? Yeah, I think I won't be able to answer that last bit until probably a few months on, really, because it's been quite long term. And, so, and one of the things that we're saying to our members, and it's, I suppose it applies to us, and but obviously it's not about us, but is that people will remember how businesses and organisations behave at this time. People, you know, this is sort of, you know, whatever you do, and, and you know, people make judgments on companies all the time, but it's only times 10, times 50 in terms of the, the value they place on that. So really all of our focus is on what can we practically do to help members? How do we respond really quickly? You know, um, how do we take questions through very, very quickly to government or wherever else we might need to help to answer them? You know, if in doubt whether something needs communicating, communicate it. I, I want people to be sick of seeing our stuff on Twitter. And so particularly some of those things I'm hoping people are sick of now is around, we produce very quickly guidance on delivery. So to say to retailers, if you, you might now, 12% of retailers already offered some sort of delivery service. Did they, right? And so so that's, that's in normal times, that's, that had been growing. But normally, you know, it, was always, it was a little bit of delivery to some particularly vulnerable groups, which is, is great. But um, we recognised really from before that pinch point, well, I'm sure everyone would agree that was a pinch point, but before that sort of Thursday, Friday, 12th, 13th of March, where it really sort of exploded to a different level. Before then, we thought, hang on a sec, this is going to be, delivery is going to be a, a real factor for us more retailers going to want to be doing deliveries and actually we've heard from various government calls and so on that the, the mainstream delivery services didn't have a lot more capacity in them you know they only had so many warehouses they only had so many um uh, vehicles they weren't just suddenly going to be able to quadruple the amount of stuff they could deliver to all homes and obviously that's what we've seen and they're doing a great job i'm not knocking anyone in this but they're obviously constrained in how much they can expand what they do so we saw, well, this is going to be a thing. Where's the capacity going to come from? It's actually going to come from companies that don't currently do home delivery, but they might be able to do that. And particularly because, and you start to see it yourself, you know, your street's probably got a WhatsApp group and stuff. I mean, ours is awful, horrible. But nonetheless, it has got some useful things there about people saying, oh, how can we help each other get shopping and this sort of thing? And these sort of very informal volunteer groups starts up, as well as more formal groups through local authorities. So that whole delivery um, how do we help members of the delivery? So it's, it's a real celebration when I see on Twitter someone using one of our posters about delivery or using the guides and stuff. I say, yes, it's actually worth doing. And then I suppose lots, lots and lots of other advice, but I suppose the next big wave of stuff was around social distancing. So mm -hmm. it's probably about 10 days ago when we started to get into that. And um, just actually a day or two before the Prime Minister's and that formal announcement, it was clear it was coming. Just did some very simple posters saying, stay two metres apart, really. It's not much more complicated than that. Yeah, that's been really, really well used as well. So a lot of it's just been producing those materials, pushing them out, and also, I suppose, talking in the media um, where there are issues that come up. And so over the last few days, I've been Mr. Easter Egg, um, which has been extraordinary. Just got a call from members back in the last week saying um, we've had EHOs coming into stores. And I've heard from some other retailers, actually not convenience retailers, that they had police coming into stores, going through baskets and saying, you can buy that, you can't buy that, which is, is total nonsense. It doesn't exist at all. So we put out a comment on it and um, 
yeah, then all of a sudden it, it massively exploded over the weekend and then into early parts of this week. Um, so the front, 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 front page of the Daily Star yesterday and the Mail and so anyway, it's everywhere. Talking about, about uh, which aside from everything else, what was really good about that is we couldn't just put out, didn't just put out a comment saying, no, of course you can sell what you want because we've got this primary authority scheme we've been running for years with Surrey and Bucks trading standards. So basically to give advice that every retailer can follow and rely on. So we're mm-hmm. going to we'll speak to them, get a, an official statement out from them that everyone could rely on. And so we're able to, you know, as well as all the media stuff, we were able to provide that definitive advice to say, basically, you can sell whatever you'd normally sell, which is really important. A lot of retailers are getting quite panicky about this. So yeah. that's probably, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, there's not probably not much of a, a system or a structure to it, but those are some of the big things we've been involved in. Okay, thank you. And then I, I want to, to, to finish, you know, we're trying to keep these chats short and sweet and, and keep people engaged and make sure they're informative, which so far they have been, absolutely. Um, what does the future look like for the ACS? You know, what's what? it's an almost impossible question for me to ask and for you to answer, but what's the new normal? What, what do you think will change because of this situation for the ACS and, and what they do and how they do it? So, um... You mentioned right at the beginning about that sort of crucial community service. And I think that, I mean, people know that anyway. It's not a new thing. So people recognize that their convenience stores uh, are in a very important role. But it brings it home. You know, it really brings it home. So I think our sector will become more relevant. It's becoming more relevant over years anyway. But I think we'll become more relevant to the government, become more relevant to communities, um, more relevant to the media. So I think we'll get busier in, and, and probably many more positive things talking about um, our issues and talking about the the, the, the things that our members are doing so I think that'll be really really um, sort of positive as far as I mean, we, we've been talking about you know what happens with our members you know some might really struggle coming out of this um, the suppliers into our sector will have a whole bunch of different experiences obviously they're keeping up with you know radically changing demand and so on so I think the sector will look a bit different you'll have some people doing you know a bit better maybe coming out of this some people doing a bit worse but it comes back to this fundamental thing. You've just got to keep trying to provide things that are relevant into the sector. And so I'm just, I just, you know, obviously we do have very specific plans at various times. We write them out and have charts and all the rest of it. But the fundamental is if you're doing stuff that's relevant to your, to your members, if you're helping them practically, if you're speaking for them effectively to government and if governments are listening, then you're relevant. And so we just got to, just like our members are more relevant to their communities, we just got to make sure we're, more relevant to our community of retailers and hopefully i'm sure we'll look, i'm certain we'll look back and say why did we do that that's a terrible thing to do it's a, it's a real mistake we'll definitely we'll definitely have made mistakes during uh, this that's a wonderful thing you know. but it's you know but we'll, we'll look back and think of mistakes but hopefully we'll look back and think yeah look this is a more you know we, we probably illustrated our relevance a bit more and, and try and get a bit more you know more engagement from retailers more things that we can help them with and you know, there will be a settle down into probably a bit more of a government thinking about some of those policy priorities. And hopefully they'll even more so look at it and say, well, actually, if we're looking at policy here that might be a challenge for these local shops, you've got to be very careful about that. because We've seen how much we rely on these local shops. So we've got to do things which are going to be helpful to that community of businesses and keep them sustainable and operating efficiently and, uh, and without undue regulatory burden. So hopefully that will be more the conversation we're having into the future. One thing I'd say as well, though, is we talk about different phases of this. I mean, this is going to be a factor in our lives for another year, almost certainly. Now, I'm not a medical expert, and it probably links mainly to when we can find a vaccine, which obviously I'm not obviously desperately hoping that that's sooner rather than later, but that's likely to be. 
quite a long period of time. So we may go into a period of more normal, but then there'll probably be some more restrictions into next winter. And maybe around this time, hopefully we're sort of coming out of it on a reasonably permanent basis, but I don't know. But so, yes, we're thinking about what happens after this, but there's also a long term plan for tackling coronavirus and what our sector does, how we set ourselves up, how we learn from this last few weeks to make sure that if we go into another really serious period of, of lockdown and restrictions and, you know, all the issues we've had in the supply chain and consumer behaviour, that just we're as well prepared for that as we can be for next winter, because, you know, sadly, this is not going to be something in which, you know, we come out of lockdown and then, you know, we sort of forget about it. It's going to be a factor for a long period of our lives. Mm. Thank you very much, James Lohman from the ACS. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Pleasure.